Une chose peut tout résoudre, rectifier tout. C'est la beauté. There is one thing that can resolve and correct everything, and that is beauty. Serge Lutens, The Invention of a Woman. The Serge Lutens woman made her mark on the world of beauty from the 1960s to the 1990s. She was everywhere, from the Dior ad campaigns, off to the 70s, to those of Shiseido in the 80s, and then the 90s. For decades, this iconic woman with a pallet face symbolized an ideal of absolute beauty. With her distinctive blend of sophistication and supreme self-confidence, she was quite unlike the female bombshells of the time. Yet, she remained impossible to pin down because she wasn't made of flesh and blood. Instead, she represented the struggle and self-assertion of a man who had spent his whole life nurturing a steady dialogue with his inner woman. Even as a child, Serge stood out in school for his drawings of women in fancy clothes, dresses made of brocade, silk, organza, and so on. These first sketches, spanning a range of fabrics and eras, proved that the boy harbored interests quite unlike those of his schoolmates. Much to the chagrin of his father, who would have quite liked him to take up more gender-appropriate activities, Serge loved queens and princesses. By the time he became a teenager, this feminine side took over with the discovery of women's magazines and especially Vogue, which the young Serge quickly adopted as his Bible. Locked in his room, with his shutters drawn, he copied the poses of high fashion models from the photos in these magazines. He spent hours staring at these images, noticing and picking up on every minute detail. He absorbed the body language of these women, channeled it and made it larger than life. At the age of 14, Serge began to apprentice at a hair salon. His fascination for feminine beauty then began to find an echo in the world of cinema. Movies helped him feed his predilection and take it to the next level. Whenever he had a free moment, Serge would go to the cinema hall in Lille. There, he discovered films featuring legendary actresses, such as Greta Garbo, Marlene Dietrich, Louise Brooks, and more, whose faces would go on to fascinate him. More than the films themselves, it was these stars who transported him to a different world, with their radically different aesthetic from the one which predominated the 50s. At a time where Roger Vadim's And God Created Woman was a sensation, Serge Lutens forged a wholly different ideal of feminine beauty which he soon began to try out on his young salon customers. Razor straight hair with a neat nape, chalk white skin and shaded eyes. Very quickly, the young apprentice made a reputation for himself beyond the doors of the modest salon. His female customers, who had since become his friends, began to get noticed in the streets of Lille. Some of this attention was positive, and some was negative. But Serge knew that what he was doing was not to everyone's taste, 
His quest was for the creation of an image in its most finished form. He would dig through clothes at vintage markets to dress his muses in. Androgynous yet terrifyingly feminine, by the end of the 50s, the Serge Lutens woman had already taken form. The 18-year-old was savvy enough to capture these looks using an Instamatic. In 1962, these pictures caught the eye of French Vogue, who hired the young man on the spot and instantly set him on a path to success. Serge Lutens had struck gold. He left Lille and came to Paris, where he discovered the world of fashion magazines, makeup and beauty, alongside photographers like Avedon, Penn and Bourdin. His work began to create a buzz, and he soon landed projects with other fashion magazines, such as Harper's Bazaar, Elle and Jardin des Modes, quickly making a name for himself in the business. Yet, money remained difficult to come by for the young Serge. So in 1967, at the age of 25, he decided to try his luck at Dior. At the time, the high fashion house was preparing to launch its first makeup line, and Serge rose to the occasion by creating an innovative and spectacular range of colors. It was an overnight success. Dior's sales skyrocketed, but Lutens was not satisfied. Itching to go further, he wanted to cement his name through his photographs. Unbeknownst to the company, Serge Lutens had been creating images of his work during his time at Christian Dior Beauty. These photos brought to life the woman that had always been lying within him. Queen, woman of the streets, circus tamer, prostitute in a Berlin brothel. In these ten years, Lutens let go of his inherent shyness to give life to this creature. He liberated her from the shackles of the straight jacket. For Dior, the shock was of an equal magnitude. Even though women swore by Serge's work and loved his visual boldness, Dior was worried for its clientele. Meanwhile, oblivious to their concerns, the young prodigy had taken flight. Despite the massive critical and commercial success that Serge warned Dior, he tired off their growing worry and circumspection. In 1980, he signed on with the Japanese cosmetics giant Shiseido, thus heralding a new chapter for his female alter ego. While the Serge Lutens woman had moved from Paris to Japan, her essence remained constant. She remained immobile, frozen in her perfection, even as she took on new faces and masks. A tad more sophisticated, more radically graphic, this new woman once again reflected the spirit of the 80s and 90s, thus helping the Japanese label gain a preeminent position among the beauty labels of the world. People were fascinated by these images, even going so far as to collect them. Towards the end of the 90s, after 20 years heading artistic direction for Shiseido, the firm decided to end its contract with Serge Lutens, leaving him deprived of his feminine alter ego. 
In 2000, he resurrected her from the ashes when he founded his own eponymous label. Serge Lutens, you defined the look for your feminine alter ego quite early on. Can you tell us more about how she came into being? We've talked about your childhood, your fondness for certain actresses, women's magazines. You have yourself spoken about the role played by your mother. What is the relationship between her and this image you created? Elle est fondamentale vu qu'elle vous met au monde. Elle vous met au jour. Mothers are fundamental to creation because they are your first creators. A mother brings you into the world and shows you the light. This is true for everyone, not just me. So I am not special in this respect. But in my case, my mother was accused and ostracized. So for my whole life, she was blamed and I was the product of her sin. I was born in 1942 during the war alongside anti-Semitic laws. Adultery had also been designated a crime at the time of the Vichy regime, with the intention of preventing women from cohabiting with occupants. Ma mère rencontre quelqu'un qui n'est pas un Allemand, hein, je le précise aussi, c'est-à-dire rencontre un Français et elle est mariée. My mother met someone who, I must stress, was not German. So she met a Frenchman and then married him. But there was an act of adultery, an affair or something. I don't quite know, of course, because the world of our parents is often quite obscure to us as children. And I was not the only one, which is to say that nobody knew what happened exactly and nobody spoke of it. Nobody told me how they met and how I came into being. The little I was told was not enough to put the story together, which remains a mystery to me. Néanmoins, je ne suis pas déclaré, je ne suis pas un enfant déclaré. Tout de suite, je le suis bien après. For whatever reason, my birth was not registered, which is to say that I was not declared to the authorities when I was born. That happened much later. So this mystery was something I felt because it was unsaid. Something I felt as a child and my mother too because we were both bound by the same fate. This is true especially for mothers and sons rather than mothers and daughters. So as I said, I became the child of this sin because my mother had committed a crime in the eyes of the society and was blamed. And because I defended my mother, I became an enemy of society too. Une chose peut tout résoudre, rectifier tout, c'est la beauté. But there is one thing that can resolve and correct everything, and that is beauty. Beauty is an ultimate truth, not the kind of shy beauty that fades into the background, but the kind of blazing beauty that is spectacular. So the only way I can make myself whole is through this woman. I atone by the beauty I give to her, through the home I make for her, but which I don't live in myself, Through this woman who doesn't live with me, but is unique and whole, I am her greatest defender and advocate. It is my way of giving her life back to her, but in the process, I sacrifice my own life. I would say it's an almost religious thing that goes right back to an original sin and the hasty judgments of a society that has always been senseless. Ça vient d'une erreur et d'un jugement hâtif de la société, stupide comme toujours. To the public, the Serge Lutens woman seems ageless, unchanging, timeless and unique. Many even think that it's always the same woman who plays her. 
Could her undecipherable mystery be part of the success? Le succès, je ne sais pas, je peux pas en parler s'il est venu, mais... I don't know about success or whether I can claim to have attained it. All I know is that it was necessary because if she had remained in the shadows, her beauty was doomed in some way, if you see what I mean. I find it difficult to answer your questions because I don't myself have all the answers, if you will. What I do know is that it all started while I was very young. I had started sketching her while still in school. Every week, the teacher would tell us to draw a border in the notebook to mark the end of the week's work, a kind of line with a geometric design. So I would draw these geometric designs, and the one day, out of the blue, I began to draw these women, these sketches of women from my imagination. C'est-à-dire de ma faible connaissance de Alexandre Dumas. Le... They came from the little I knew of Alexandre Dumas, the first films I'd seen, Milady, The Winter, etc. But they were always beautiful criminals. There was no doubt in my mind that criminals were more beautiful than virtuous maidens. And they always had red-hot iron brand marks on their upper arms. As it happened, my mother also had the scar of an abscess on her upper arm, which in my mind's eye became one with hot iron branding. It was a sign, perhaps, something that left a deep mark on my unconscious. And the unconscious mind is very strong, because in a way, I need to be accused to be creative. And it is through this woman that this creation takes place. That is to say, through the model who I have to make extraordinary, more beautiful and more astonishing to my eyes. Her beauty must be terrifying. Remember the evil queen who asks the question, who is the fairest of them all? To a mirror that replies, yes, my queen, you are the fairest in the land. But this but implies that she is beautiful, but that Snow White is more beautiful than her. Yet the evil queen has the beauty of willpower, while Snow White has a bland, unquestionable kind of beauty. So, for me, it is the evil queen that is more beautiful in the end, you see. It's a monstrous thing to say, but that's how I am. I need to be monstrous to be alive. C'est monstrueux, mais c'est comme ça. Je dois l'être monstrueux pour vivre. One often referred to her as the Dior woman, the Shiseido woman. Did you too try to make this woman fit in with the identity of the groups you worked for? Je ne crois pas qu'il s'agit de groupe ni de travail. D'ailleurs, je suis quelqu'un de trop paresseux pour travailler de comme on l'entend. I don't think it was ever a question of group or work for me. I'm too lazy to work in the traditional sense of the word. Which is to say, I just like to do things. It doesn't cost me anything. Creation doesn't drain any of my energy. In fact, it is quite the opposite. I gain energy from the process. And Japan was already there. When I arrived in Japan, this idea was already there in the way of creating and working. This was also true of French haute couture at the time I worked in the field, which is to say, it was still high fashion in the true sense of the word. Il y avait des mannequins de demeure, il y avait le couturier, il y avait un... C'était une sorte de messe. There were iconic models, and there was the dressmaker. The collection had almost a religious quality. It was like attending mass. Nothing like the banal spectacles of today. A mythical ode to a woman who stood outside reality. 
So, of course, French haute couture, as I experienced it at Dior, was right up my alley. Dior and Shiseido were poles apart, but I had the same feeling with Morocco as well. In Morocco, too, there was this idea already in the scheme of things. So, some part of Morocco, of Japan, and of French haute couture resonated with what was already in me. It was like coming home to myself. I know it sounds quite pretentious to say, but in short, I saw myself reflected in them. I discovered Morocco, Japan and French haute couture around the same time, and all three had this characteristic. These countries and cultures had already arrived at this way of seeing and being seen. Tous ces pays, toute cette culture était déjà là, cette façon de regarder, cette façon d'être regardée. What would you say to those who ask, who is the Serge Lutin's woman? À vrai dire, j'ai pas vraiment une réponse à ça. Qui est-elle? Elle est un principe. Elle est. Elle est l'accusée. I don't honestly have an answer to that. Who is she? She is an ideal. She is the accused. She is the one I defend and honor. The one I strive to make beautiful, but who also ruins my life. So that's how it is. Because, of course, the way you describe her is spectacular, beautiful and magnificent. But I've missed out on my own life to defend her. She is my whole life, period. That is the way God willed it for me. Like the story goes, a fairy arrives by the child's crib after birth and whispers, you will be so beautiful that the whole world will fall in love with you. That was not the wish in my case, if you follow. Nor either, you will be so intelligent that the whole world will be dazzled by your thoughts and your words, and it will be extraordinary. In my case, she said, you will go through something very different and difficult from the rest of the world, but you will find your happiness through work. Something like that. But you won't fit in with the rest of the world, because you will always defend something which they find indefensible, even if they don't say it out loud. Mais tu n'appartiendras pas à l'ensemble des gens, vu que tu défendras quelque chose qui est, à leurs yeux, indéfendable, même s'ils ne le disent pas. 